Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 17th of March, 2020. I'm your host, Surreal Gerald Quinn, discussing the world of sports and pop culture. As always, we are recording live on my YouTube channel. Go to it, Real Deal Podcast. It should be uh, this channel, excuse me, this uh, podcast will be up anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes after the broadcast, after the, the podcast. This recording is over. Um, you can find us on Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, iTunes, FM.com, um, and a number of other platforms that we uh, that, that you can be able to find us on. Um, Twitter, I'll be putting up uh, stuff on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Have a busy night. Um, I'll be recording another podcast that will be coming out to you later on this uh, evening. And I'll be joined by a special guest. I'll save that. Or, uh, you know, say that for uh, for a couple of hours. But um, again, as always, this is our Surreal Gerald Quinn with the Real Deal Podcast. And before we get to the big news of the day, which is, of course, the Tom Brady um, leaving the New England Patriots, uh, there's a couple other sports uh, things to go, uh, sports items to go uh, to go along with the coronavirus. Of course, this just came out about roughly an hour ago, a couple hours ago. Uh, yeah, four Brooklyn Nets players tested positive for the coronavirus, including uh, including forward Kevin Durant. Durant uh, reported that to the athletic uh, to the athletic, which uh, to the athletic. So he has been confirmed to have one be one of four players with. The coronavirus uh, that is now seven NBA players, seven in total NBA players that have been uh, that have tested positive for the coronavirus. And of course, you had Gobert, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Christian uh, Wood, and now the four Brooklyn Nets players. Um, and again, they're going to go through the same process as the others in terms of quarantine, isolation, and also teams who they've played within the last 10 days. There were at least four or five teams that they have played within the last 10 days, the Lakers being one of them, that they, I'm sure they will go through the process of being tested. I, I know two of those teams are the Lakers and the Bulls because that one of those games was a Levert 51-point game. I think that and the, they beat the Lakers. They upset the Lakers. I think that happened in the same week where you had Brooklyn beat the Lakers and you had them come back on Boston. So um, I, I know for sure, maybe even, I think I know for sure the Lakers, Boston, and also um, I think Chicago too. So I think at least, so those are three of the five teams that they played before um, in the, within the last 10 days. So I'm sure all those teams will be uh, tested. Um, you know, if you're in the NBA right now, you have to be, I, I think, just to be on the safe side, I would have that all the players in the NBA whether you played uh, against a team that's had somebody that's uh, infected or not, uh, that you go and get tested just out of precaution because you just you just don't know. Uh, Kevin Durant, like similar to Rudy Gobert, says that he's feeling fine. Um, you heard Gobert, not Gobert, you heard Donovan Mitchell said that he could have played if it was a game seven on the day that he got te- tested positive, that he could have played. So it's not a matter of um, these players haven't dealt with the major – major symptoms as far as putting them out of commission. So that tells you, you know, just shows you how dangerous this thing has become and how scary this disease is in terms of, uh, you know, its, its effects on, pe- on the players and on people. So again, um, so you had that going on. 
Uh, of course, the PGA Championship got postponed. It was supposed to take place uh, between May 14th and uh, 17th. That, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what golf does because the Masters has already got postponed as well. Um, they're going to play both these tournaments. Um, they're going to play both these tournaments. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Uh, the, Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby and French Open have both been moved to September. Uh, there haven't been any made any announcements on Wimbledon yet. Remember, Wimbledon takes place later than it normally does. So they actually might be able to wait. Tennis might be actually able to wait on Wimbledon. So maybe they push that back a couple of weeks. Maybe it takes place maybe in August or late July instead of uh, instead of late June, early July. Uh, so you're waiting, waiting to hear on that if you're a tennis fan in terms of what they're going to do with Wimbledon. Um they haven't made any announcements with the uh, in terms of when the Preakness or the Belmont are going to take place. The Belmont is the last leg of the Kentucky of the Triple Crown, so I haven't heard anything on that as of yet. So you know, stay tuned for that. But uh, again, this thing has picked up; it just continues to pick up steam as far as how many, uh, as far as the, the number of cases. You've already heard, um, you've already seen in New York City. Uh, a possible shelter in place. A decision is coming on that. More than likely, that's going to happen. Uh, they've, they've shut down their, their bars and a lot of restaurants and many restaurants around the city. Uh, down here in the DMV, you have restrictions on on bars, and a lot of restaurants are going the, the route of you know of not having service inside. They're doing drive either drive-throughs or delivery, Uber, Lyft, and, and what have you. So you know. This thing has just continued to pick up steam. I would encourage anybody, uh, if you do not have to be out or be amongst a lot of people, don't. There's no need to be amongst a lot of people. You even talked. I even talked to a number of people, a few people that had, you know, had church online this past Sunday. So uh, it's just one of these things that just, you know, it's going to be a a waiting game uh, as we kind of uh, see how this thing plays out. Uh, you saw, you've seen a lot. Of, you know, today watched a lot of shows do video conference, video conferencing, or video, or you know, a lot of these shows with, uh, on ESPN and what have you doing. A lot of uh, not too many, not too many in person, more than one or two people in in studio. Not too many, not too much in studio action from another from a number of these talk shows. So that is the world we live in right now. I mean, it is a it is a brand it is a different world. A world that we haven't been familiar with um, at all. Uh, you know, again, grocery stores are running. Grocery stores uh, again. I, you saw this coming from last, early, late last week that you knew that the grocery store is going to be almost empty with certain products with toilet paper, water, and what and what have you. So, hopefully, everybody is uh, being safe out there. Hopefully, you got enough groceries to last uh, proverbial for a month or so. So. Um, you know, again, I if you can if you can avoid being around people, and avoid and you, know, you can go outside. I don't think that's a problem going outside. And um, but I, I just think that they're talking about being. But they talk people are talking about. Uh, you heard heard the president talking about not being in more than around more than ten people um, outside of immediate family. Uh, you don't have to be around anyone outside of your immediate family or people you live with. Then. You know, some people have some people still have to work in office around a couple other people. You know, just be aware of, 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 the, of how many people you're around. 
because um, that's how serious this thing is spreading and spreading quick, and it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight in terms of it of it uh, slowing down. So it's basically going to come down to a a process of uh, a waiting game, so to speak, in terms of seeing how we deal with this over the course of the next few weeks, probably the next few months. But with that being said, there was some sports that went on over the course of the day. Uh, the NFL dominating the headlines with free agency, and there was none. There was not a bigger free agent out there right now than one Tom Brady, who, after 20 years, is no longer a New England Patriot. Now, I'm not I'm not shocked by this uh, move from Brady. Um, if you really read between the lines, if you followed this situation over the last year or so, you know you saw his trainer putting house up, his house up for sale. You saw him putting his house, Brady putting his house up for sale. I mean, there were there were inklings that this could possibly happen. Uh, we know from things that have been written that the relationship between Belichick and Brady is not not bad, but it wasn't the greatest. And we knew that Brady over the course, we knew Brady was frustrated over the course of, of the year with not enough weapons, with the receivers that they had, with, uh, you know, visibly frustrated during games, even more so than normal. Um, as he had, you know, he wasn't, Brady wasn't terrible this year. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was okay. You know, and I think there was some slippage, but I don't think there was Peyton Manning 2015 slippage. I don't think it was. I don't think there was that type of slippage from Brady. I still think Brady can play and is a legit starting quarterback, but he needs a lot of help around him, especially offensively uh, with with the weapons. You know, with the weapons that you uh, that you need to have around him. And now he will seemingly get that opportunity, whether it be with a uh, Tampa Bay or uh, Los Angeles Chargers to uh, you know to go out there and, and have uh, some top receivers around him. But in regards to this breakup, um, you look at the history of the NFL. This was bound to happen. Uh, some of the greatest quarterbacks in the game's history have left their pervert their uh, proverbial teams, whether it be Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas. Um, Joe Montana, you know, Peyton Manning. Uh, it never, it rarely ends well in the NFL. I mean, the, the John Elway retiring, winning the Super Bowl, uh, playing with the same franchise, that you probably will never ever see that again in, in, in the NFL. That's something that just, that just will probably never ever, will never ever happen. Uh, that That's just the reality of the cold hard reality of the National Football League. Guys get cut. Uh, guys get old. Guys, you know the NFL is a cold, heartless league when it comes to when it feels. You know when when you get to when guys get start getting aging, you'll see a number of guys, number of agent free agents who are making a lot of money get cut over the course during this free agent period. So I don't think it's a surprise from that standpoint. I thought that Brady probably would be back with New England based on the limited amount of options that he was going to have. Um, Brady is a guy who is a is a win first player. He wasn't it just this was not about money. Trust me, it was, it was not about money. I know a lot of talk out there about Brady taking you know pay cuts to for the Patriots to get for the Patriots to get other players and sign up players. 
listen, he's married to a supermodel who's worth, you know, close to a half a billion dollars. Brady is not struggling for uh, money. <laughs> like, <laughs> money is not an object for Tom Brady at all. I don't care how many pay cuts that he's taken or how many market, how many team, I'm not even saying pay cuts, but team-friendly deals that he signed. It doesn't matter. I mean, Brady has still made a ton of money with the, with the New England Patriots. Now, could he, could he have demanded more? Sure. But, you know, that's one of the reasons why he has six Super Bowl championships. Uh, he chose winning over, you know, taking up every single dollar and uh, dime that, that you can get, especially being a franchise all-time great quarterback. And that's that's a credit towards him, and that's a credit towards the culture that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft have built over the past 20-some-odd 20, 20 years with New England. So um, to me, this wasn't about money. I think it gets to a point to where two people just can't coexist. And, you know, professional sports, you know, Bill Parcells always had that 10-year rule where as a coach, you know, it was once you got past 10 years, if you were fortunate to if you were fortunate enough to last that long, that it probably was more likely time to move on to, the, to another job. Think about that. You can double that with these two, with Brady and Belichick. 20 years. I mean, 20 years. Marriages don't last 20 years. Okay, so I, I think that this was just this was just bound to happen. That it was almost inevitable that this that this was going to end this way. Brady will be forty three before the season starts. Um, Belichick wants to prove, and again, he'll never come out and say it, but Belichick wants to prove that he can win a championship without Tom Brady. Period, and Belichick tried to prove that. Uh, a few years ago, a few years back, when they drafted Jimmy Garofalo with a second-round pick, he wanted Jimmy Garofalo to be the quarterback, the next quarterback of the New England Patriots. And Garofalo has turned out to be a Super Bowl-appearing uh, quarterback, a team, a, a player capable of leading the team to, to get to the Super Bowl and almost won a Super Bowl this year. And one of, you know, one of, despite what some people may say about him, Garofalo is a legit franchise-caliber quarterback in this league. So... Belichick um, tried to push Brady out the door years ago. Now, he was able to win a couple of Super Bowls despite, you know, after that. But um, Belichick is a guy who wanted to, uh, who, again, has no hesitation about, uh, is not sentimental. I mean, that, that's not who Bill Belichick is. He's not sentimental at all. And, you know, you realize stuff. These two personalities were two conflicting personalities. Brady, as determined as Brady is, as fiery, as competitive as Brady is, he is well beloved. He's beloved in that locker room. Got everybody, guys get along with him, no matter who it is, no matter if somebody has been a teammate with him for 10 years, eight years, or nine years, or the new person that they just picked up off the scrap meal, off the scrap, uh, the scrap meat, uh, the scrap yards. So everybody loves Brady. That's play all. I've never heard a teammate say a bad, a, a ex or current teammate. That place in New England say a bad thing about Tom Brady. Not the case with Bill Belichick. They fear and respect Belichick. Belichick is not beloved. He's feared and respected. And there's a difference. And that's and that's how he has to be. You know, that's that's and it's worked for him to in the to the tune of six championships. And you know, which easily could have been seven or eight. 
So to me, this was something that was bound to happen with these two personalities. These two, these are two alpha males. Uh, unlike Kobe and Shaq, the late and great Kobe Bryant, Shaquille Neal, these two were smart enough to, and you know, humble enough to uh, realize that they were better together than they were apart. Because I'm sure there were, I'm sure there were times three, four, five years ago where this thing could have ended between the two. And again, it's really started with the Garofalo, with the Garofalo um, signing and the Garofalo being drafted and then Brady started bringing in his own personal trainer, uh, you know, around the team. And then other guys started, uh, you know, using his own, using Brady's trainer and, Belichick was annoyed by that. So uh, this has been going on for, you know, this was this was three to five years in the making. It, was really a, it really is a minor miracle that Belichick and Brady stayed together this amount of time. It really is. Because I, I, I think, and again, I think Belichick, even more so than Brady, is determined to prove that he can win a champion. He can win without Brady. I really do. Uh, I think Belichick is even more so than Brady. I, I think Brady, I think Brady just wanted just it was just wanted a change of scenery, uh, wanted a change of scenery, and it wasn't so much about anti New England at this point. It was just so much wanted to see what else was out there and what it would be like to be on another another team. And you know, one you know twenty again twenty years is a long time. And I think Brady realizes that you know you have two teams. In Tampa, and the and the you know and the Chargers, who have some talented players offensively, well coached teams, especially Tampa Bay with Arians. Who knows what surprise team can come out? Uh, can come out and can come out of nowhere, and you know there's always a surprise team that will come out of nowhere and make an offer. And we're just hearing about Tampa Bay and the Rams, excuse me, and the, and the Chargers. But there's gonna be there's gonna be a surprise team that makes a run for Tom Brady. I, I promise you. So uh, you had that dominating the uh, NFL. It's a new day, a new era for the New England Patriots, and you got a sense that when they lost their, you know, that first round wild card game to the Tennessee Titans, you got a sense in Gillette Stadium, uh, you got a sense of that that the dynasty was was over. Uh, and that Brady, that and you guys said that that more likely was going to be Brady's last game, possibly last game as a uh, as a New England Patriot. So now you you have moving forward. Um, you have two questions. Number one, who will who's Brady's next team, and number two, who will be New England's next quarterback? As far as you know, as far as Brady's next team, again, it seems to be two can two major candidates with Tampa Bay and the Chargers. Um, the Chargers signed uh, Brian Bulaga, Bulaga, Bulaga of the uh, formerly of the uh, Packers, who's been a very good player. Had one season where he was on second team All Pro, long time Packer, very good player on the on, for the offensive line. So uh, he's a tackle. 
So he, um, you know, look at that. And, uh, you know, that, that has to be something that, um, if you're a charge, that's something, you know, that has to be something that had Tom Brady uh, in mind, getting that, getting, you know, getting him, you know, getting him and getting him at a good, listen, he's not as good as he once was. He's not the play. He's not the player he once was, but he's still very effective um, as a, you know, at the tackle position. And, you know, again, they're moving, you know, they, of course, they moved on from uh, Philip Rivers, who made, who will be making his way to Indianapolis. We'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. So, yeah, the, the Chargers are going to be making, making moves that, you know, try to attract Brady uh, to their franchise. If I were Tom Brady, and again, minus, I don't, I don't, minus the personal situation, I don't understand, don't, I don't know what his family wants. Um, there have been some talk that, uh, that he wanted to stay on the East Coast. He has a, you know, he has a son that's in New York. Um, so that, there's, there's been some talk about, you know, there's been some, some, some talk that he wanted to stay close to the East, on the East Coast. I don't know how much truth is, is towards that, is in regards to that. Um, I would lean towards Tampa Bay. Because the Chargers situation, again, now again, they're going to be playing in a, a brand new stadium. It's L.A. He's a California kid, native Californian. But uh, Tampa Bay, I, I think Arians is a better coach than Anthony Lynn. Uh, Arians has worked um, well with a lot of, you know, with a, few, with a lot of quarterbacks. Now, James minus James Winston. Uh, we know that was a disaster with James. What happened transpired with James Winston this year, but um, I like Arians as a coach. Um, you know, if it's true about his family situation, still the East Coast, Tampa Bay, New York. You know, it's not that far. Yeah, yeah that's a short plane ride versus going cross country. And uh, Tampa Bay is loaded with weapons. I mean, Goodwin, Chris Goodwin, Mike Evans, tight end OJ Hours is very good. Okay, offensive line. Not, the offensive line is not great, but you can also you can always uh, pick up some pieces in terms of that. Um, so, I think Tampa Bay is is a more desirable option for Brady. But again, there's going to be a surprise team that comes out of the mix. There's going to be somebody who. Yeah, we're not talking about that. That makes an offer. Remember, a lot of teams just assume that Brady was going back to New England. There are a lot of teams that just did not. A lot of people around the NFL that just not, did not believe that Tom Brady was going to leave New England. It's one of those where they'll have to see it to believe it. So uh, they, you know, you're going that with him now officially saying, you know, he's done with New England. They're going to see a couple other teams uh, come out. Of, the woodworks and, and try to make an offer to get uh, the services of Tom Brady. You know, probably you sign probably sign two years, and 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 you know, with going and basically judging it on a year by year basis. Again, I Brady's still very good. I, I still think Brady's very good. You never know with these quarterbacks when they're gonna fall off the cliff. You just don't know. It's like playing Russian roulette. Once the guy gets into his late thirties, you know, mid to late thirties. You know, you know, into their forties is just like who knows with these guys. I mean, Brady, 
and you know Drew Brees, those guys are going to be seemingly the exceptions. They are both well conditioned, take care of their bodies, or have been relatively injury free. So that's some good news. Uh, as Drew Brees signed a two year extension with the Saints, but um, I think if you have and again, Tampa Bay has a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent on that team. We know the Chargers have always had a ton of talent. So I think in the right, I think those two situations, he could win in those two situations. And remember, there's no dominant team in the NFL. As good as Kansas City is, they're going to lose some pieces. Once they have to, once they pay Mahomes, they're going to lose some pieces. They're not going to be as good as they were last year. Now, they'll probably, they'll still be somewhat, they'll still be amongst the contenders. But then you expect Pittsburgh to be back. But right now, look at the landscape of the NFL. There's no dominant team out there. There's nobody that's – so you don't, you know, you don't – you know, Brady could be – you know, you could put Brady on a Tampa Bay and they can be contenders right away. You could put Brady on a on the Chargers, they will be contenders right away. New England automatically falls down a peg. Um, so that is – it's going to be interesting to see where Brady signs. As far as New England, in terms of who they uh, pick up at quarterback, who knows? Um, there, you know, they've been talking about Andy Dalton. There's talk about uh, Cam Newton is going to be free. I don't be surprised if Cam Newton is not the quarterback in New England. I think Cam Newton, you can get Cam Newton on the cheap. Belichick likes quarterbacks that can move. Belichick can look at Cam Newton as a reclamation project. I don't think I don't see him touching uh, Jameis Winston. He just turns the ball over too much. But Cam Newton's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Earlier today, you Cam Newton was granted basically not his release, but told that he could start seeking trades uh, to other teams, and Carolina's going to sign to end up signing Teddy Bridgewater, which is a good signing for them. And I, I, and I don't blame him. I would right now probably take a healthy Teddy Bridgewater off Teddy Bridgewater over a uh, injured Cam Newton, as Cam Newton has had trouble staying healthy over the last couple of years. So don't I can't knock Carolina for that, but uh, apparently Cam Newton. Well, completely denied over via Twitter that he was ever he was ever uh, offered to start looking for teams to trade partners. He said that's a completely that's a lie by the franchise. So they you know they, those two are going at it. They, they're not ended on the best of terms. Newton, who was a former MVP back in 2015 and Super Bowl participant that same year, has been injury prone over the last couple of years. I respect him, Newton, as being you know from the standpoint he has been a franchise quarterback. And he has lived up to the billing of a number one draft pick that he was back in 2011, won a national championship back at Auburn. So I like Newton a lot. Uh, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback right now. Um, but I, I, I still think if you, I mean, if he's healthy, I still think he can be effective. And again, I think New England would be a perfect situation to kind of rebuild and recommend and get back and get his, get his uh, career back on track. Also, you have Jacoby Brissett as a possibility. Brissett's familiar with the, with the system. Uh, Brissett has some decent outings with New, with New England a couple of years back. Uh, and Brissett, before he got injured, was playing relatively well with, with Indianapolis. I think Brissett is a starting quarterback. I, I don't think Brissett is a quarterback that you're going to win a championship with. But to me, Brissett would be a guy who you could be – he'd be a perfect stopgap between – between uh, now and your next possible franchise quarterback, who, whoever that is, whether you go through the draft or via free agency, more than likely through the draft. Uh, New England has, the, I think, the 23rd pick uh, this year. Um, so 
They, I don't think New England will draft a quarterback. That's not their style in terms of drafting a quarterback in the first round. I'm looking at them. Yeah, they have the 20. Yeah, they have the 23rd quarterback and 23rd pick. And they had actually, on one of these mock drafts, they do have New England drafting a quarterback, uh, Jordan Love from Utah State. I don't see that happening, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, it's just not, I, they don't take first round quarterbacks. Uh, that's never been Bill Belichick style. Even, you know, never been with Belichick. And we know that he was trying to replace Brady and looking that that pick Garofalo in the second round was a pick to to try to replace Brady. So I don't think um, I don't think they'll take a quarterback in the first round. Um, I think they will go the veteran route. Now apparently uh, they like the quarterback they have in, in place for Brady right now, uh, Jared Statham, Statham from uh, Auburn, who was a fourth round pick, twenty three years old, a couple years ago, uh, fourth round pick. Apparently they're they're a little high, they're high on him. Um, now again, that could be just just talk in terms of trying to calm down fans. In terms of, in terms of calming down uh, people from uh, this reaction for, with Tom Brady leaving, but we, we'll we'll see. He'll get opportunity to play. He'll get opportunity to play. I don't see him as their future quarterback. Um, but uh, maybe you know you might get you might get an opportunity to play uh, again. Bill Belichick would love it, would love to have that guy as a fourth round draft pick, and he be come in right away as a starter, and may not miss a beat and go ten and six or eleven and five. Yeah, that, that would be Bill Belichick's dream uh, to have that happen. So you know there have been some other names: Nick Foles, Derek Carr. You've heard those names around, but. Um, the point is, in 2020, whenever the NFL season does start, and more than likely it will start on time, uh, that the New England Patriots will have a, a new quarterback under center for the first time, a, a brand new quarterback under center for the first time, basically since 2008. Uh, well, 2000, yeah, 2000, 2008 when when they uh, when Brady was hurt. And you had Matt Castle, so for for the first time then, but for officially for the first time in over 20 years. As far as other New, New England, uh, not New England, but uh, free agent signings, and you have some trades and some signings. Uh, we haven't spoke, but of course Dallas franchised Dak Prescott and signed Amari Cooper. Um, a lot of moves by Dallas. They uh, they lose Byron Jones. They lose Jason Witten. They lose Robert Quinn. They re-sign, overpay for Amari Cooper, five years, $100 million, $60 million guaranteed. They, and I think it was a, was a smart move, sign, uh, franchise, Dak Prescott, um, $31.5 million. Um, listen, I don't blame him for that at all. Um, he's still going to get paid $31.5 million. Um now they can still negotiate, and they put the exclusive tag, meaning no other team could deal, no other team could uh, negotiate with them. It is very rare that you see uh, teams put the exclusive tag on players, uh, especially quarterbacks. But it happened in this case, so he uh, can only negotiate with the Cowboys. Um, they listen. They want to see what Dak Prescott is, and they want to see. Uh, they still they're still not completely sold on them. I think I don't think they're sold on them. I, I think they're scared to, to. I really think that they are scared to commit to them. I don't see myself a deal being worked out this season. I think they will let him play out, kind of let him play it out, and and, and actually and go from there. 
Uh, so you'll have you have that going on. Phillip Rivers signs a one-year, twenty-five million-dollar deal uh, to go to the Indianapolis Colts. I don't understand this. I I don't understand this deal um, by the Colts because I I think Rivers, I think Rivers is shot. Uh, Rivers had a lot of talent with the Chargers. I know Melvin Gordon missed some games, but those they he still had top receivers. Um, he looked. Like he he looked like a quarterback that was absolutely he looked he looked like a quarterback that should be a veteran backup at this stage at this stage of his career. Like he did not look like a franchise starting quarterback, a guy who even if you put around a great defense and a, one of the best offensive lines in the league, which Indianapolis has, and a great and a, a above average running game, I I don't see Rivers as being a guy that's put to put Indianapolis over the top. And make turn them into a Super Bowl contender. I I like at this point in their careers. I like Jacoby Brissett more than I like Philip Rivers. To be honest with you, so I to me a, a a baffling move by the by the Colts. The move that I would not have made. Uh, I would have went after somebody like you know. I would have went after Teddy Bridgewater or somebody like that. Um, of that you know I know I know he ended up, ended up signing with Carolina, but it seems to me like Indianapolis had they uh, had you know was was steadfast on signing uh, Phillip Rivers. Um, DeAndre Hopkins traded for David Johnson. I don't, for the life of me, don't understand this move from a Houston perspective. You get rid of one of the best, arguably the best receiver in football, a guy who is a great locker room presence, a guy who does not have a bad contract, um, has a good contract considering his production, considering how young he is. Um, I know he wanted a, a new contract, but uh, I just don't, I, I don't understand this trading a top player at their position for a running back who has not been relevant since basically since 2016, 2017. I mean, David Johnson has been injury prone. Then he lost his job to Kenyon Drake this season. Um, now, I know Houston will get a second round pick. This is a deep receiver draft, so maybe they use that pick with maybe they use that to draft one of those receivers that are coming out in, in a loaded draft. I, I again, again, I don't, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I, I don't like this pick at all. I don't like this trade at all for, um, for Houston. Now they signed Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is not DeAndre Hopkins, not by a long shot, not even the same stratosphere as, as, as DeAndre Hopkins. So a, a baffling move for the Houston Texans. That's pro, that's, excuse me. That's the problem when you have your coach and your general manager. Your coach be your general manager. Like it's just Bill O'Brien is a pretty good coach. He's not a general manager, so they have they have issues from that standpoint. Uh, we already talked about Cam Newton. We already talked about uh, Cam Newton being out of Carolina Bridgewater in. You see DeForest Buckner go to Indianapolis for for a first round picks of San Francisco. Chooses arm chose Armstead over DeForest Buckner. And I don't blame him. San Francisco is loaded defensively. They will get a first-round pick from Indianapolis, um, which will be a 13th pick. So if they want to, they can draft a defense player there. They've been good in drafting and developing talent. And they still have Boza and, and guys, Armstead and D4. So they're still loaded defensively. They re-signed uh, the, the corner Ward, uh, Denzel Ward, for a couple more years. So defensively, they're fine. It's just a matter of uh, Garofalo just getting better. Um, so... I, I don't I don't blame him for that move. Indianapolis, you know, you just get stronger defensively. DeForest Buckner is, is a beast. 
uh, put it with Darius Leonard, and that defense just gets that much stronger. So, you know, I think that's a win for both teams uh, from that standpoint. Um, also, you had a Stephon Diggs being traded for four picks uh, going to Buffalo. And uh, listen, I you know, for Minnesota, you'll get – you just – Minnesota get four draft picks, three this year and one in, in a fourth round 2021. So they'll get a first, a fifth, and a sixth this year and a 21 in, in a fourth round pick in 2021. Diggs is a very good player, but the bottom line is Minnesota, you know, how far did Minnesota go with them? They made it as far as um, got to the conference championship uh, and got smacked around by the Eagles a couple of years ago. So, you know, got close to a Super Bowl, but. Um, you know, you're getting draft picks. Um, you're getting draft picks for them. I'm not gonna knock that trade. Uh, and again, this is a loaded, loaded uh, wide receiver class. So, if you're Minnesota, you can take that money that you were paying Diggs, use it on a draft pick, and use it to 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 strengthen the rest of your team. So that to me, that is the thought process in regards to that. If you're Buffalo, you, you know, you're getting a receiver who I don't think Diggs is a top receiver. I think Diggs is uh, Diggs is probably. I, mean, I think Diggs is a number one. Um, is he a top ten, top fifteen? He, fall, he falls around. He, he maybe he's a top fifteen receiver. I, I think Diggs is a very good player. I don't think he's great. That's a lot to give up for him. And Buffalo has not had success making trades with receivers in the past. So that. You know, they remember they traded all those picks to get Sammy Watkins a couple of years ago in the draft. So they don't have the greatest history of making trades uh, in terms of getting receivers. So keep that in mind. So you have that a lot going on with NFL free agency. Still a uh, lot to be decided in regards to that, uh, where where some of these quarterbacks are going to land, especially the likes of a Cam Newton, the likes of Jacoby Brissett, um, Andy Dalton. Uh, Andy Dalton, so that that will be worked out, and of course, the biggest domino that will that everybody's gonna be waiting for is one um, Tom Brady. That's gonna wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Remember, be safe out here, uh, and you know, enjoy the family time. I will see you next time. I will see you soon. Matter of fact, so long. I'm out.